Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Our topic today is going to be the definition of joy. Let's begin in Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, beginning in the first verse, it says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Euodias and beseech Sintich that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Two weeks ago, we studied joy, and what the source of joy is, and where it comes from. We found that the source of joy is hearing God's voice, and spending time alone with God. In John chapter 3, verse 29 said, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, Rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. From this verse, we learned the source of joy. Now that we know where it comes from, we need to look at what exactly joy itself is. What is the true definition of joy? And we need to look at rejoicing and what it truly means to rejoice. We need to properly understand joy. It is one of the centerpieces of our walk with Christ. Galatians 5, 22-23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Since it's a fruit of the Spirit, it becomes even more important that we understand it and that we manifest it in our lives. Philippians 4 speaks about both joy and rejoicing. We see Paul stress the importance of both. Paul's letter to the church at Philippi is sometimes referred to as the letter of joy. 
because joy is such a major theme all throughout it. Paul understood joy. He lived in it, and he experienced it firsthand. 1 Peter 1, 8-9, speaking of Jesus, says, Whom having not seen ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. This is the joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory, that Paul experienced, which is why he, through the inspiration of the Spirit, was able to give us insight into what exactly joy is. The first verse important for our study is Philippians 4.1, which said, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. The Greek word used for joy in this verse is the same word used for joy in John 3.29. The word is the Greek word kara, which means joy, delight, gladness, a source of joy. The importance of this word when it comes to understanding the definition of joy is the cognates of the word, which means other words that are derived from the same root word. Strong's Concordance says Zara, a noun, comes from the root Zar, which means to extend favor, lean towards, be favorably disposed, the awareness of God's grace and favor, joy is grace recognized. There are two other important words that are derived from the root czar. Zyro, which means rejoice because of grace, and zars, which means grace. These words are each distinct from each other, but they are also closely interrelated. These cognates reveal to us the true definition of joy. Last time we looked at how the world defines joy, but we found that those definitions are inadequate because the world doesn't truly understand joy because joy is spiritual in nature. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Joy must be spiritually discerned and defined in spiritual terms. These cognates of joy reveal to us that the true definition of joy is grace recognized. Joy is recognizing the grace given to us and received by us from God. As we saw earlier, 1 Peter 1, 8-9 said, Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. The joy that they had was the receiving of grace from God. They received grace at their salvation when they were born again. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is when we first receive grace. First Peter shows us the order of these things. First comes grace, then we can have joy, and then once we have joy, we can rejoice. This order is very important. It's crucial to our understanding of this topic. Grace must always come first, since joy is grace recognized. Otherwise, there would be nothing to recognize. Recognize is a verb defined as to recollect or recover the knowledge of. We need to remember the grace that God has bestowed upon us and upon others. This is joy. 
The source of joy is hearing God's voice. When we get alone with God and listen to his voice, we will recognize the grace. We will recollect it. We will recover the knowledge of that grace that has played such a major role within our lives. Because we're with him, who is grace himself, the only source and the only giver of grace. Isaiah 61 and 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. Isaiah recognized the grace that he was given. Being with him, speaking to him, and hearing him causes us to recognize, to recollect, and to make us aware of the grace present currently within our lives. When we do recognize it, it's joy. If we are able to have joy and to recognize grace, we need to go to the source. This is why it's so crucial that we get along with God. This is also why we find so many miserable and depressed Christians in churches today. They never go to the source, and in turn, they never recognize the grace that they've been given. They never become aware of it. It's recognition that makes the difference. We need to recognize the grace that we've received throughout our lives. Let's go to the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3. Zephaniah, chapter 3, beginning in the 14th verse, says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion, Let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. The first cognate was joy. The second cognate that we need to look at is rejoice. Many times we're told to be joyful. We're told to rejoice. But many people don't actually know what it means to be joyful and what it means to rejoice. We need to take a closer look at the word rejoice. Philippians 4 and 4 said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Then in Philippians 4 and 10, Paul goes on to say, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now, at the last, your care of me have flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Paul is stressing the importance of rejoicing. He is both telling us to rejoice, and he's showing us that he rejoiced himself. The Greek word for rejoice in these two verses is the Greek verb kairo, which means to rejoice be glad. Strong's Concordance goes further to say that Zyro is derived from the root czar, as we saw before. It means favorably disposed, leaning towards. It means to delight in God's grace. It means literally to experience God's grace and favor, to be conscious and glad for his grace. It then goes on to say that joy, grace, and to rejoice all share the same root and therefore the same core fundamental meaning. Rejoicing goes beyond just understanding and recognizing grace, the experience of grace, and the action of grace. At the time of our salvation, we both receive and experience grace, but we also receive grace many more times 
countless times throughout our walk of faith. John 1.16 says, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. God has given us the ability to rejoice and to experience it. 1 Peter 1.8-9 showed us this order, grace, then joy, and then rejoicing. Verse 8 said, rejoice with joy. We know rejoice comes last because we can't rejoice with joy if we don't first have joy. And we also can't have joy, which is recognizing grace, if we don't first have grace. First we have grace, then we can recognize the grace we have, and once we have recognized it, we can then experience it. This is the order that God has established. It doesn't happen in any other way. If we want to live a life of joy and rejoicing, we have to understand this order. And we have to see it taking place in our life. When we rejoice by experiencing grace, it also means that we are glad for grace, that we appreciate, and that we're thankful for what we've been given. Joy is inward because recognition and awareness of grace are done with our mind, not outwardly with our body. They are purely things of the soul. Rejoicing, on the other hand, is outward. It's action and experience, which is done physically. Isaiah 65 and 18 says, But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. God calls us to rejoice in what he has made by being glad for it and using what he has made for its right purposes. We also get a deeper understanding concerning the physical nature of rejoicing from what we read earlier in Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah was written in Hebrew. The word used for rejoice is the Hebrew word gil, which means to rejoice and be joyful, but it also means to spin round under the influence of any violent emotion. Spinning is a physical action, which demonstrates the physical nature of rejoicing. We can gain further insight by looking at the context that rejoicing is mentioned in. In verse 14 of Zephaniah 3, it says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout. Verse 16 says, Zion, let not thine hands be slack. Verse 17 says, He will joy over thee with singing. These are all physical actions. When we have joy inwardly, it will manifest itself outwardly through our rejoicing. We should sing. We should shout. We should dance and clap our hands and play instruments when we praise God. Because these are each beautiful manifestations of rejoicing in God's grace, because they're each an experience. Romans 5 and 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Luke 10 and 20 says, Notwithstanding, and this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. These verses, and many more, just like them, show that rejoicing is truly an experience. Sometimes it's done through times of tribulation and weeping. Other times, it's done through seasons of gladness and exaltation. But the experience is there, and the true Christian goes through all the different seasons of life rejoicing. This is how we rejoice always. We are able to do this because God's grace doesn't always come in the way or the form that we might think best, but it's always there, in the perfect way and at the perfect time. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, 
And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Since rejoicing is experiencing grace and being glad in grace, and we know that his grace is sufficient for us, we are free to rejoice at all times and in all seasons, because his grace doesn't come and go. It's constant. It's always there. Psalm 32 and 11 says, Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. It's God's will for us to have joy and to rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God wants us both to recognize the grace he's given us and to experience it firsthand. Grace ushers in freedom, and part of that freedom is that we're free to have joy and free to rejoice. We have to follow his will and use our freedom in the way that God intends us to. God calls us to be joyful and to rejoice because he does the same himself. God never calls us to be anything that he is in himself. Zephaniah 3.17 said, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. God is a joyful God. Misery is not even a word in his vocabulary. This is why he desires for his servants to be joyful. Miserable servants are unprofitable. Joy is always a hallmark of the true Christian life. The same way we are to reflect and to emulate God's total character and all of his other great attributes, we need to have joy and rejoicing as major parts of our character just like we find in our God. Even though many times in life it may feel like it's impossible to have joy, God is always right there and ready to grant us the joy that we need. Psalm 126 and 5 says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. God keeps the records, and many times when we feel like joy will never arrive, that's when we're right on the precipice of the greatest joy. Psalm 30 and 11 says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. God specializes in turning things around. Joy is his will, and in the end his will will always be executed. Let's go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, beginning in the 8th verse, says, Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Psalm 51 was written by David when Nathan the prophet had came to him after he had sinned with Bathsheba. This provides crucial context for this psalm. David realized at this point that he had committed a great sin, and joy was the last thing that he had. It felt like joy may never return, but he prayed. He called on God, the giver of grace. Verse 8 says, Make me to hear joy and gladness. The use of the word hear is very important. 
He went to the source of joy. He was speaking to God and saying that he wanted to hear God's voice and receive joy. He wanted to be able to recognize the grace present within his life. Verse 8 goes on to say that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. He's praying that God will once again allow him to experience grace and to have gladness in grace. Then in verse 12, it says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold thy free spirit. He's asking God to restore his ability to recognize the grace that God had given him. We may find ourselves in a similar situation to David, or we may just be desiring joy. It all starts with going to the source, getting alone with God, and hearing his voice for ourselves. Then we need to recognize and be aware of the grace that God has given us. This is done inwardly and mentally. It has to do with our mentality. Then this manifests itself outwardly and physically when we rejoice and experience grace. Our joy originates in our spirit, is understood in our soul, and is demonstrated in our body. This is when we experience the fullness of joy in our lives, and our entire being, spirit, soul, and body, will be truly joyful. When joy is at this level within us, it means that we have understood joy as grace recognized. Habakkuk 3, 17-18 says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herds in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that we can have joy and that we can rejoice. Lord, we thank you that our joy is recognizing the grace that you have given us. Lord, we thank you that you have saved us from the power of sin and from the power of death and the power of hell, and that this grace that you have given us both when we were saved and right now, Lord God, grace unto grace, all throughout our life, we've seen grace manifested, and we thank you, Lord. Give us the wisdom and the understanding to recognize grace within our lives so that we can have joy and give us the experience of that grace. Help us to understand and recognize the experience so that we can rejoice when the time is proper. Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word and that you have revealed to us what joy is and what rejoicing is and how we can do it. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are such a great God, that you are a joyful God, and that you not only tell us how to have joy and to rejoice, but that you have joy and rejoice with us. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to recognize grace and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. 
We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.